gospel lesson comes from Luke 2, and as we prepare to hear God's word this day, let us pray. Eternal God, in the reading of the scripture, may your words be heard. In the meditations of our hearts, may your words be known. And in the faithfulness of our lives, may your words be shown. Amen. A reading from Luke 2, verses 41 through 52. Now every year, his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up, as usual, for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents did not know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I think it has become fairly obvious that today we're talking about living a life open to God. And I settled on this story of the childhood Jesus instead of so many of the other passages where we find Jesus kind of stepping away to pray. Or the wilderness story where Jesus leans into God for comfort and strength. I didn't, I didn't lean into those, but I chose this story of the childhood Jesus because of one verse. Why are you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? When I was elementary school age, I don't remember exactly what grade, but I was in Sunday school at my home church, Hawkins United Methodist in Vicksburg, and we had a lesson on this story. And no, I do not remember every Sunday school lesson I had as a child, but I do remember this one. Um, our teacher, uh, Bob Atthal, because some of you know that name, um, he was sharing about this lesson, and he looked at us, and he asked, what do you think Jesus meant by my father's house? Did Jesus know, as a young boy, that he was God's son? Or did Jesus just mean father, as in father God, everyone's God, everyone's father. Now, I don't remember my answer, but I do remember this day because it was the first time, the first time that I remember at least, being asked to think at a deeper level about scripture. I wasn't being told a story and given this little lesson to go with it, but I remember kind of being um, enchanted and excited about contemplating what Jesus would have thought. And also just kind of thinking, what do you mean, what do I think? You mean you don't know? You mean the Bible can have different interpretations? 
Whether or not Jesus fully understood at this young age, or later, or always, what we find in this story is Jesus joining his family to take time apart from the world in their days to make space for God, to listen for God, to worship in community. And Jesus, Jesus stays behind to be in God's presence, to listen and question and seek and answer. The story ends by saying that Jesus grew up and increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. Jesus grew up within a community of faith that taught him about making space for God. And Jesus intentionally took time apart to make space for God. And he increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. Jesus, in this story, was engaged in the process of becoming. And throughout his life, Scripture tells us that Jesus participated in practices that kept him connected to God, to God the Father, God the Creator. Prayer. Fasting, worship, acts of generosity, scripture reading, solitude and silence, service, purposeful habits through which he experienced the creator, God. Now there's lots of ways we step away, lots of ways we try to remain open to God. I just gave you a whole list. We call these spiritual disciplines, rituals, in a way that we engage in in such a disciplined way that they become habits. They shape us. They mold us. We become something other as we practice them. The one I think of most with Jesus is that intentional time apart, his dedication to step away in silence and solitude. Some of you have heard me say before that the most life-giving form of prayer for me is contemplative prayer. It's a prayer practice based in silence. You don't bring this laundry list to God you contemplate. It's a prayer practice that develops as the desert mothers and fathers work to make space for God, to intentionally take time apart for God. It's a prayer practice that developed as people realize after Jesus died that he wasn't coming back tomorrow, right? That was the belief. Jesus is going to be back anytime soon, like tomorrow. Years went by. People within the family of God began to pass away. And people started wondering, hmm, we don't really know when Jesus will come back. We, we better do something to prepare for the long haul, to make space for God, to remain open to God. They believed God was there, but they could no longer see or talk to Jesus face to face. And they realized the world had all of these distractions. And they didn't even have smartphones. The world offered all of these distractions. So some of the early faithful Christians of Palestine and Egypt, they took action. They desired to seek God, to find God, to hear God. So they went into the desert in order to find God, in order to pray, in order to hear God. They sought out silence and solitude. We call these early Christians the desert mothers and fathers, and you can actually find some of their sayings and readings 
but with them was born this ancient spiritual practice of contemplative prayer, a prayer about <coughs> making space, of listening, of silence and solitude, a space to contemplate. I practiced this prayer one time in one of my former churches. We were going through a series on prayer, and each Sunday we, we would actually practice that form of prayer and worship. And I'll never forget at the end, someone walked out, one of the members walked out and looked at me and said, thanks for that nap today. <laughs> Sometimes that's what happens when we try to practice prayer. Daniel Robert has this book called Creating a Life with God, and he tells the story about his own prayer journey, how at one point in his life he decided he was going to intentionally spend time in prayer, go sit on top of a mountain for three days, no food, just some water, a sleeping bag, no tent, no books, nothing to write with, no cell phone. He was just going to spend time in silence and solitude with God. And of course, he said, God was going to show up. He was going to hear God. So he sets off, three-mile hike from the parking lot. He begins with so much energy and enthusiasm, sits down, places his sleeping bag, a bottle of water, begins to pray. Nothing happened. His legs eventually fell asleep. He said his back started to hurt. He began to think of all sorts of other things that weren't God, especially about how much time had passed. And so when he couldn't take it anymore, he looked at his clock that he had brought, and 20 minutes had gone by. <laughs> no God. No revelations, a score back, and two days, 23 hours, 40 minutes to go. He says he started laughing because all of his ideas about prayer and about being open to God kind of began to crumble. He says maybe prayer isn't something that we can do or make happen or force or cause into existence. God created us. We did not create God. So we can't just cause God to speak when we want God to speak. We have to listen. We have to trust. And that means not knowing what we will hear or when we will hear it. That means making space for God, taking time apart to engage in spiritual disciplines, ones that we have been assured allow us to experience God's grace. Jesus grew up within a community of faith that taught him about making space for God. And Jesus intentionally took time apart to make space for God the Father. And he increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favor. He engaged in practices that aided him in his journey of becoming. Practices that kept him connected to God. Purposeful habits through which he experienced the Creator, God. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we are in the process of becoming. We are lifelong learners and followers of Jesus. We strive to become more like Jesus, living as we sing each week, living to be more like Jesus. So we open ourselves up to God. We await what God has for us. We're in the practice of becoming. One quick last thing before I close. As we move through this season of worship, reflecting on discipleship here, beautiful testimonies each week, 
um, go through this book chapter by chapter. My fear is that it can become a little overwhelming. I mean, I did kind of just challenge us all to be more like Jesus. My fear is the list might get a little long as we come each week and these elements add up. Worship, hospitality, spiritual disciplines. Which ones do I focus on? What do I do? How do I even do it? I'm already um, over my head with, well, life. It can seem like a lot. So this is my invitation to you right now. May worship and contemplation be enough. Come each week. Move through this time of reflection together. Spend time kind of praying and listening. Get the book and dive in if you feel so led. But don't really worry about making a discipleship to-do list or trying a new thing unless the Spirit is nudging you to do so. We're going to get to that, kind of the next steps of discipleship. Now we just hold it all. We name the pieces. I mean, some of us have been in church our entire lives, so I can also see many of you easily thinking, I've heard all this before. I've tried all this before. I know the things I'm supposed to do. I get it. So maybe instead of being overwhelmed or feeling like we've heard all this before, what I hope to capture, again, why I chose this story in Luke 2, what I hope to capture is the energy and excitement and curiosity of that young Jesus we find in Luke 2. Sitting in the presence of the community of faith, sitting in the presence of God, listening, speaking, teaching, Challenging, being challenged, Jesus becoming. When we make space for God, when we take time apart, we remember that we are in the process of becoming. All we can do is allow ourselves to be open to how God will shape and mold and guide us. We allow ourselves in God to become. May it be so. Amen.